This is Permission to Prosper. Get ready to transform your relationship with money with real talk about what it takes to build wealth and become financially free without broken budgets and pinching pennies. I'm Janine Mix and I was six figures in debt. Now I'm a seven figure entrepreneur and I didn't have to cut up my credit cards or give up my lattes to get there. Come on this adventure with me as we take this conversation across the globe to interview everyday millionaires and answer your burning questions about investing, when to pay off debt, and how to steward your money with grace and wisdom. Each episode, you're going to learn the money moves you can make right now to start creating more income and a lasting impact. So I was recently on a call with my sister and she mentioned she wanted to start a legacy account for her kids, which sounded super cool. And I was like, okay. I knew she had been saving up for them, like I'm pretty sure since they were little, but this was something different. She talked about she wanted it to be like an account to help bless them for like their wedding or help them put money down on their first house. Jeanette, if you're listening, you are a saint. The way that you serve and that you bless others through your generosity is really something that I admire. And I hope that your kids will appreciate all you've done to provide a good life for them now and in their future. And yes, if you did catch that, my sister's name is Jeanette. Yep. We're Jeanette and Janine. Thanks, mom. (laughs) Actually, for the longest time, I did not like think that they were very close. Like they just seemed like totally different names to me until I became an adult. And I was like, oh yeah, they kind of are close. Anyways, I digress. So as we get to talking, I asked what kind of account she was going to open up and she didn't really know. She thought maybe a savings account, but she said she was going to go make an appointment with her CPA. Now, I've heard my sister talk about her CPA a lot over the years. When she needed to make some decisions on opening her business, she went to her CPA. When we helped her get her first real estate investment property, she went to her CPA. When she needed to get another loan to build out her location bigger, her she had a, a drop-in daycare and a preschool. So when she needed to get another loan to build out the location bigger because she was expanding and seeing awesome success, she called her CPA. When she took out early retirement to buy a house, she set up a meeting with her CPA. When she remodeled her backyard, she called her CPA. I think you're getting my point. While there is absolutely nothing wrong with having a CPA or financial advisors to seek help with your financial needs and investments, we have those too. I do believe giving them absolute sovereignty over all the choices with your own money is not just super scary, but it leaves you powerless at growing at your financial wisdom and confidence. For my sister, she might be leaning on her CPA to make every single money decision, but for you, maybe it's a spouse. I know for me, I leaned super heavy on my husband to make the best decisions for us in the first few years of our investing. Heck, I would even show up to the bank and sign papers for loans without ever having a conversation with Ryan about what I was signing. I would blindly trust him for years because I didn't want to feel stupid asking questions. He'd be there chit-chatting back and forward with the bankers or title company and realtors, and I'd just smile and nod and act confidently so no one would question me. It was really dumb. I know that now. And before meeting Ryan, I trusted my parents. They would surely help me make the best decisions with my money, right? Like, after all, they invested, and my mom was a banker for 25 years. They knew a thing or two. Well, 120000 in student loans later and literally investing the first 30000 I ever had to my own money, the only cash in my name emptied into books and housing, I realized like maybe they weren't the best advisors to help me. For my nephews and niece, it's for sure my sister. They lean on her to manage their finances and look, even prepare more for their wedding than they will. Seriously, 
She's a saint. (laughs) But our stories aren't anomalies. I've read countless books that have shared similar stories from women all around the world. One of my all-time favorite books is called Prince Charming Isn't Coming, How Women Get Smart About Money by Barbara Stanny. It was after reading her story that I never signed another document, loan, or investment again without knowing the details of what I was signing. We even have an agreement today in place that needs to be signed if I can't be at the signing physically. Not just because it's safer and wiser for me, but because I wanted to actually learn like most men just do. They often jump into investing so much easier and with less caution than women. And I just wanted to learn the real estate game, not just be a bystander of it. I wanted to know everything about our investments so I could find deals and know how to flip so that if, God forbid, something happens to Ryan, I'm not totally screwed or lose everything we built because I wouldn't even know where to start with managing it all. I wanted financial confidence and empowerment, and I was tired of giving that to someone else. The book Prince Charming Isn't Coming was the book that started this entire whole independent financial education journey for me. The author shares that after marrying a man who is a financial advisor, who unbeknown to her had a gambling problem, had her blindly signing herself into millions of dollars in debt. Her marriage ended in a divorce where she was faced for the first time to get real around her financial future. It's an absolutely incredible story and journey. And shortly into the book, she had what she calls the first realization of financial enlightenment. And that is, no one will do this for me. That stood out to me so much. You are the only one who is responsible for what you have and what you do with what you have. Now, if you're in a marriage, you're both responsible for what you have together. I recently had a conversation with a woman and she told me that she doesn't really know much about her and her husband's financial position and she doesn't really handle much of the money management in their marriage. I asked her if she was worried if something were to ever happen to him and she mentioned that you know, there'd probably be plenty of money in life insurance to make sure she was taken care of if something happened. You know when the two most common times women are forced to get their financial crap together? When you're faced with divorce or death. And neither of these two scenarios are the places you want to be making big financial decisions. Not only will the trauma of these circumstances be hard enough to go through, right? But you think like, are you going to be able to make like non-emotional sound choices with the, with money when you're going through something like this? Worrying about bills or life insurance when a loved one has just passed away is literally one of the last things that you want to do. I remember when my dad died, how exhausting it was. We had to notify family and plan a funeral and figure out when we should remove his clothes from my mom's closet. We were just trying to make sure that honestly, we all got something to eat in a week. Ryan and I have purchased more houses in foreclosure from a divorce than any other circumstance. Why did it get foreclosed on? Because no one wanted to deal with it or each other, so they just both stopped paying. Literally, one woman found out that her husband was cheating and took a sledgehammer to every single wall and countertop in the house. Not only did this destroy any equity that they had built up in the house, you know, to split, but it ruined her credit and chances of getting another home for at least the next seven years. It's incredibly hard to make clear, rational decisions when you're faced with trauma of any type. So let's not wait until unforeseen moments like these hit us in the face to start growing our financial journey. So let me ask you, are you sticking your head in the sand and assuming everyone else has your best interests in mind? Are you relying on your company 401k? Uh, Are you relying on a financial advisor, maybe managing your stock portfolio? 
your spouse, your future inheritance that you may or may not get, your tax return, your job. Who or what are you giving your financial power over to? The thing is, is I think that we all have a quote unquote Prince Charming and it doesn't necessarily have to be a guy. But this Prince Charming allows us to relinquish control when we're uncomfortable and stressed or frustrated with our financial situation. I think we all have behavioral reactions in the way that we blow, spend, or save money, right? Absolutely money and what we do with money is emotional. Here's the part I want to be really clear about, though. I don't want you to leave this episode and feel guilty. I just shared with you like who I gave my power to and that for the first probably the first two years of a real estate business, I didn't know what I was signing. Like, I don't feel guilty for that because I I don't want to have shame around that. I'm just getting smarter. And I don't want this podcast or this episode or when I bring up tough things around money to do the very same thing I despise the most, which is continue to make women feel more shame and guilt around their finances. I simply want to plant a seed for thought. I truly want to see more money in the hands of women. I want to see the fruit and favor overflowing in your life. And it starts with us owning our financial power instead of giving it to someone else. We have to be honest with ourselves while we give ourselves grace. We have to become wiser each day. We have to take control of our financial life and goals once and for all. I made that commitment and I I promised that to myself about 10 years ago and I'm still learning and growing. Success and change and getting what you want in life doesn't happen overnight. It happens with the micro commitments that you make to yourself to step up and step out in faith. It took one book, one this one book for me to finally get it and have a deep desire to take back control of my financial future. It took a few years later for me to pay off 80,000 in student loans, eight months to hit my first six figures in my business, and a decade of making real estate deals to build the momentum and the million dollar real estate portfolio that we have today. And I'm not stopping there. I started to invest in stocks and crypto, and I'm looking for more ways to grow my passive income. I've decided that every Monday, I'm going to grow my financial IQ with something I like to call Money Moves Monday. I block out a few hours of every Monday reading business articles and money magazines or listening to a business and investing podcast, watching TED Talks, literally anything I can consume to get more confident and learn more around money, business, and investing. I don't know everything, but I can tell you I've come a long way. And I don't think that you have to be a CPA or a financial advisor to be able to understand and make wise decisions with your money. A lot of very successful people never finished high school, never got a high school diploma, let alone some financial degree, right? I no longer pretend to know what the bankers or lawyers or investors or title companies all talk about. I engage with them in conversations. Sometimes I start those conversations. I ask questions when I don't know something, and I feel more confident today than I did yesterday. This is a continual learning process. So who is ready to commit to finally taking control literally today? today? So in planting this seed for thought, all I simply wanted to do with this episode was to have you ask yourself this one question, who or what am I giving my financial power to? Is it avoidance? You know, it doesn't have to be a physical person. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, a physical thing. Is it avoidance? Is it fear? Like who or what are you giving your financial power to? And how can you take that back today? 
Like I said, it took one decision. It's been messy and perfect action ever since. And I still feel, you know, sometimes I feel like I should know this or I should know that. But man, I'm getting better and better every single day. And I, like I said, I'm giving myself grace. I'm super proud of how far I've come from being someone who couldn't budget uh, my paycheck to, you know, where I've reached in my business and uh, investing success today. And I'm really proud of that. So this episode is simply to ask who or what are you maybe giving your financial power to? If we can identify who we are giving that to or what we are giving that to, we can make the choice today, not tomorrow, not waiting until after you get married, not when you're forced with divorce or death, not when you're a few years from retiring. Financial freedom and abundance happens through preparation, compound interest, having a plan, and taking action as soon as you can. You know, statistics say that our husbands will likely die before us, women outlive men, and um, retirement, oh my gosh, social security, that's not even retirement, but social, social security should not be your retirement plan. That could be a whole nother podcast episode, but Social Security, a recent report came out, um, I think last, before the before the pandemic, a recent report had come out that said that uh, Social Security would be running out by 2035. Well, now they're predicting that it's 2029. Guys, that's like seven years, <laughs> seven years from now. So relying on Social Security or the government is also could be the Prince Charming, right? Like definitely not a sound retirement strategy. So my point is, who or what are we giving our financial control to and how are we going to take that power back? 